Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hi, Angels. Welcome to the Freud's Angel podcast. We are having a hilarious pregame because we just, yeah, we're really feeling Mercury being out of the shadow and we're like kind of all over the place. And so buckle up. We don't know what this is going to be like today. So, (laughs) but we are on episode 148. And Miss Vanessa, what is 148 going to talk about? Oh, 148. I feel like this is just everybody everybody can everybody is gonna love this one um it's it's about my least favorite word i I think i I feel pretty confident in saying that this is my least favorite word and it's going to be surprising because it's not a curse word um but it feels like a curse word when you're in session with me it is a curse word um we're gonna decode laziness in our lives like where does that word come from what were we doing with this word how are we ruining our lives with the idea of laziness and how can we shift out of that mindset so that we can um you know feel better about ourselves i mean more than anything i feel like that's what that that that's about so yeah we'll we'll see where it goes because yeah we are feeling pretty pretty tangential and and (laughs) fun i mean it's fun though so We'll have fun today. <laughs> It'll just go all over the place. But yeah, for me, like, I, I am very dramatic about it when I hear that word in, in sessions with my clients. Like, I, I act like it's a curse word. I act like they've cursed at me, you know, just being like, this is a safe space. But yeah. I don't know that that is a heavy anvil type of word. And I don't want you to feel that way. And so yeah. when you use it, and because you're feeling that way, like, I'm immediately like, oh, God, please don't do that to yourself. You know, like, let's not come down with that word. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes today. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So let's do a quick, like, so, you know, agenda town hall type of, like, let's talk about, like, updates about us. So, yeah. First, is just because I want to share. So this week, of course, is my surgery. Most of you know, if you have listened to the previous episodes. Um, so we'll have an episode. This episode's on Wednesday, of course. But, you know, just know that the following week may have disruption because I am going to honor what I feel like doing and don't feel like doing by the time we record. Um, so just know that if, if we skip a week, it's just, yeah, we haven't gone anywhere. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is... First, well, first of all, did y'all see the stats on our freaking ah! podcast rating? Like, oh I don't think we've ever hit 13 ever. Like, we are so close to breaking into top 10. I am, like, so pumped about this. I am, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so proud. And we don't monetize. So, like... <laughs> Which people are like, what? Yeah, I know, right? We don't monetize it because it's just something that, well, first of all, we're just like, do we want to put the effort into doing it, making proposals? Not really. But the other part of it too is that it's it's a space like, you know, right? We're driving into the idea of like what we would be considered lazy, like, you know? Yeah. Uh But um, 
you know, and just, I don't know, just the idea of just keeping it like strictly our own, like strictly on our terms, not anybody else's. It's, it's our terms. Um, and, you know, and maybe that's some people, some people would be like, that's missed opportunities. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, sorry. Many opportunities. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, spirit blesses us in ways, and this is our way of kind of giving back and giving space for people that need it, you know? So, that is exciting. The other thing is, oh my gosh, so October 13th, which I think is Goddess Day, Friday, October 13th is Goddess Day. Yes. Um, we are doing a special live on our Facebook page that has with Catherine McBain's. She is a human design and shadow embodiment coach. She is so amazing. I love her to pieces. I think she has so much to offer into the world and help people work through not only their shadow, but to kind of connect them with their human design in a way that's liberating, that gives them freedom, it gives them permission, and it helps transform their lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring her on. We're going to introduce her. She's going to talk a little bit about, you know, herself. And then we're going to do a little mini reading with our beloved Vanessa. Vanessa's like, oh, we get to do this again. Oh. I don't know if you remember, our first live was me reading Vanessa's star chart. So, yes. yeah. So... <laughs> So this is going to be fun and exciting. We hope that you join us on Friday, October 13th on the Freud's Angels Facebook page. And it's going to start about 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. About, you know, how we are. We're really good. Sometimes we're 10 minutes late. So just if we're not there at 6, just hang on. Okay, we'll be there. We'll be there. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And, and it's really an auspicious day. Because the very next day we're into eclipse. Like Saturday is that Saturday is the eclipse. So I really feel it's a super auspicious time to come together to learn something that liberates us, letting the eclipse help us further understand that and helping us liberate us farther from understanding or something we have carried or or felt or believed about ourselves and moving us into the fall season, the, the place where we reap the reward of all that we've done. And I just, it's its a place to really truly get in touch with who we are and the essence of who we are and the magic of who we are. And I, I just, I really feel all the events that are lining up to, to do that is like amazing. Like I really feel that we're creating this crescendo of, of really great auspicious energy. So join us on Friday. We'll even talk a little bit, probably a little bit about the eclipse and kind of maybe what the flavor is and, and kind of how to work with them the best. And then it'll set you up for taking into the fall, seeing all the places that, oh, you have bounty and abundance and really dialing into the understanding yourself and your magic at a very deep level. So join us. We are so excited for this. And yeah, and we hope to see you there. So please join us. Any other updates I'm missing, Vanessa? I don't think You're so. Like a news reporter. I know, right? Like, what else is in the Freud's Angels news? Freaking <laughs> <laughs> news. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th I think I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about that too, though. Like, Friday the 13th is, you know, obviously super cool. You know, um, and and I think it's it's it'll be a good day for me to, to you know, like that. I'm I'm not as nervous about the human design one as I should have been about the birth chart. <laughs> So I was like, oh, so there's shadow on the birth chart. I feel like the human design is very much going to, you know, like kind of highlight some some of that, but it'll be a completely different thing, you know, like 
Um, so I'm, ex I'm, I'm very excited about it, but also excited about highlighting what that is and, and somebody who interprets it and things like that, because I feel like it is one of those things that a lot of people haven't heard about. I didn't know, I didn't hear about it until sometime a few months ago, you know? So um, I feel like having somebody come in that really does it to, to demonstrate it is gonna be really good for, for the people who are curious about all of these kind of things, you know, the way that we're curious about all these things. Bring them on. Oh, another another way to kind of look at myself Sure, I'm into it. I want to. I want to learn as much about myself as possible. So, yeah, Absolutely. I'm excited. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be cool. And the great thing about human design is, is what you'll learn is only a fragment of what there is. So, like, it's a very trippy rabbit hole um, to go down because I'm still learning about different gates and different channels and and what that means and how you know. And oh, Catherine is such a great resource, and her readings can just be empowering she really wants to empower you with the knowledge it helped give me freedom of realizing oh you mean i don't need to fix the things that inherently are me like oh that's not wrong meaning i was born this way really oh. learning how to work with who we are yes. right? instead of trying to be what we aren't yeah rest is a core theme for me it's needed it's necessary so when i'm like i need to rest i'm like and my brain wants to get involved i'm like oh no no oh no no no, no, no. Like you don't get to say that because guess what? That is who we are. And that is okay that we rest because we need to rest. Um, Which is it, a perfect, exactly I know. what we're talking about. Like, yes, yes, yes. A perfect segue into the idea of decoding laziness. So I'll share how kind of the, the subject came about for me. So y'all know that I'm on this like body reclamation process and understanding and understanding my body, understanding my motivations, my feelings and emotions around my body and about how that works. And one of the things that um, I, when I drive, I sometimes talk out loud because when I hear myself, I hear what I need to hear. It kind of connects me to a different, that's why talk therapy works for me is because like by the end of it, I'm like, Oh, I see. Okay. And she's like, are you good? Yep. Done. Okay. I'm the easiest client you could ever have. Um, so when I was, I was having a conversation with myself yesterday in the car and I was like, what is it? Like I'm struggling with a connection of the physical movement. And I, dude, I love how I feel after I move my body. I love how I feel mentally and emotionally after I have those endorphins. Like I love that feeling, but to get me to do it, I need like somebody either to tell me what to do or have a structure where like, for example, physical therapy, you go to physical therapy, you have a set group of exercises you do. They watch you, they make sure they measure your progress and they do it in that way. And that's sustainable. Like I could do that because it's considered health, medical. You know what I mean? There's a different take on it. And then I, cause I was like, what's up with this? Like, because I haven't done chiropractic care in two weeks. And with chiro care, where I go, we do physical therapy first. I do some exercises, some traction. I move my body. I get my body moving. And I've noticed a really marked difference in my strength and in how I'm feeling emotionally not having those two days a week. That was just two days a week. And I only worked, like I did physical therapy for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. That was it. Like just that small amount of time 
which should be more validating for my need to just do a little bit. But that's <laughs> also a conversation. I was literally <laughs> just thinking that, like, yeah. oh, so it was 15 minutes, was it? <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, and I just, and, and knowing that, so I'm like, what? In the car, I'm like, what is going on? And I'm, and I was kind of going through, you know, you feel better, you know, you didn't do very much. I'm, and and then I kind of got into this space of realizing, because of having a disability after being a fully abled body, I understand what I used to need in order to be physically fit. I understand how I used to be able to work my body and move my body to feel good. And so that thought is still, that's how I need to do it. So I haven't like, my brain feels that if I do these little minimal things, it's not really enough. It's like, well, you haven't done 40 minutes. You haven't done 30 minutes on the treadmill or you haven't, you've only done 10, you've only done 15, or you've only taken a walk to the mailbox and back. Like it deems that as not being enough for me. And then I'm like, well, but our body can't sustain more than that. I like yesterday I walked. I don't know, around maybe I, in total, I probably walked four blocks and that's a lot for my, for me, especially my feet and my ankles and parts of my body. And I was exhausted. Granted, I was hungry, but I was exhausted. <laughs> and mm -hmm. like, so it's like, why would I expect myself to be able to do the things I used to do, like go hiking for three miles, like doing things that I used to be able to do it's like my brain hasn't turned off that thing and, and adjusted its ability to my physical ability. So there's that disconnect. That's the first thing I learned. So if you're a person who has had issues or challenges later in life, or maybe you're not as mobile, or there's something you had surgery, or something is preventing you from being as active as you were in your previous life, Consider where that conversation lies with you. Like, what is the conversation? What is your brain trying to tell you that you need to do in order to exercise? And where does it tell you that if you do these little bits, it's not enough? So that's kind of where that started. And then I went down the path of like, well, you could go to the gym. You could get like, you could see if you could afford a personal trainer, which I can't, so I'm not going to. And most of the time, personal trainers don't have actual I don't trust them to have the knowledge for people with joint replacements and other physical issues. Mm -hmm. They only look at people who are typical healthy people, maybe a knee injury, and they kind of adjust. They don't have an awareness. That's why I trust a physical therapist. I trust a chiropractic. Like I trust them because they have understanding and awareness about that, which is another issue. But then my brain was like, and I was like, well, you could go to our gym because I have a gym here at the complex. And I'm like, you wouldn't have to pay for it. You already pay for it. It's free. And the thought of doing that, I was like, yeah, but could you remember what it was like to go to gym class? Do you remember what it was like to be the weakest and the like kind of chubby person in gym class, not being able to do all the other things and being ridiculed for it? Do you really think that that part of you wants to go to the gym regardless of if it's free or not? Like, I, it was like this big understanding. Torture. Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> it's like, why would I enter my space and in, myself into a space where I'm going to be bullied? And as an adult, and even this is an adult back, like at that time that I was in the gym, I did have a gym membership. I used to go fairly regularly, even if it was like three or four times a week. And I, because I can't sustain walking on the treadmill for a long time, I augment my cardio with the bike because 
it's the way of moving my body and moving my muscles and getting and keep going, but I can't like, it's not, I don't have to put the pressure and the impact on my, on my ankles and my feet. Mm-hmm. I was ridiculed. I could hear them teasing me and pointing like, because when you like, when you have the TVs in front of you, you could see people's reflections and I could see them behind me. And it wasn't like there was other people. I was the only person there to hear them tease me and to make fun of me and to feel that. And I was like, this was early on into my, after being diagnosed. So it was my early thirties, like to still be in a place where I'm trying to better myself and to be stronger and to combat the idea of having a chronic illness and to be teased like I was when I was in high school, when I was in elementary school for not being able to climb the rope, not being able to do a pull up, not being able to, you know, throw the ball or kick the ball really far, like all of those things and being chosen last on every team there ever was, them knowing that I was no value to them. Like, and even in cheerleading, like cheerleading was my place where I felt confident, but at the same time, I felt confident because I did hard things and put my body in situations where I probably shouldn't have done what I did because of how I feel now because of what I've done. So like, and even in, in cheerleading, like, I would be made fun of and ridiculed by people in school. So every time I have been in a place and done physical things around people and in front of people, I have been teased or bullied or ridiculed. My brain is like, my heart was like, why do you expect that you're really going to want to go do that? That is the most unsafe place for you to connect your body. Literally. God, I'm so mad listening to that. Like, I'm over here trying to just be calm, and I'm just like, tell me their names. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them tell me their names. <laughs> what do these people look like at the gym 20 years ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where were you exactly? <laughs> so, yeah, it, just to have that, it, just to even think about it makes me emotional because it's like, dude, like, I already hated my body because my mother told me that I'd be pretty if I lost weight. And then punish activity was punishment. Like you need to go exercise. My dad used to make us go running and he used to follow behind us in the car. And if we slowed down, he got closer to make you speed up. Like exercise has never been a good thing for me, even though I love it and the results of it. I love how I feel. I love how strong I feel. I love how confident I feel. But to step into those spaces and to the fear and the bullying and the just the impact. And I'm like, and my dad used to say to me all the time, you guys are just lazy. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I wonder why I struggle. Like, I get mad at myself because I'm like, you can just, just do it. Just do it. And I'm like, I can't just do it because... In some way, energetically, my brain, my body has equal doing those things, having exercise and doing those things mean that I'm unsafe. And it doesn't matter whether it's in my home. It doesn't matter whether it's in a gym. doesn't matter whether I'm just walking down the street or on a trail. I have deemed that as being unsafe because of emotionally, not physically, but emotionally unsafe. And I just, I'm like, and I'm like, and it stopped me because in the car I was driving, I'm like, oh, okay. Like connecting the dots. And it's not that I didn't know all this stuff before, but 
it's like I needed to talk it out loud to connect the dots to how I felt about it all, how, you know, my my beliefs about myself and, and how much I do and how much exercise I do, the the unrealistic expectation of what I'm going to look like in, in so many days or how fast I can build muscle like I used to. Like I used to be able to put muscle on, but I can't now because of the freaking illnesses. And like, so the more and more like I, I connected those dots and connected the dots of like the fear and the the ridicule and the pain that comes up in the idea of actually moving my body and the gaslighting and the bullying I get from myself when I do it. I've just transferred all the things that have happened to me in my life externally and made it an internal conversation and carried it. So, you know, and then you get my dad and my need to impress my father and his need to make us exercise and be thin. And that that's a place of acceptance for him. And like my stepmother or my stepsister were thin. They're naturally thin people. Like they didn't have that happen to them. Me and Tommy had that happen because we were chubby kids. We were, we were chubby. Like it was like a rejection feeling of being rejected by the people that are supposed to love you and care for you. And because it rejection, it's not even like you were wrong. That's what exactly what happened. And to have that from my mom and then to go to live with my father to hopes in hopes that I, feel better about myself because he's like the first person that was affectionate or kind. And then to have that happen, it was like, again, a conversation around my body not being good enough. It's like mm. our pain and our understanding of ourselves and our beliefs about ourselves goes so deep that, yeah, okay, I will absolutely admit there are times that I am purely lazy because the definition of lazy is the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. That's the technical definition. And there are times where I'm willing. <laughs> Narrow eyes. There's always a friggin' reason though. Tell yes. Damn it. And, like, and, it's, is... and it's okay to be that. It's okay that I choose like having a lazy Sunday instead of having a Sunday where I'm pushing myself. Like I'm okay to do that. Yeah. But when I use it to, as a stick to beat myself when it comes to physical exercise or movement or making my body better, or attending to it. It's like my brain is still rejecting the body. My brain is still rejecting what it is and how it looks. And I think this realization comes with the fact that, you know, I, most of you know, I'm diabetic. So I'm on this medicine and most of you know it because it's been in the news for fucking ever. And it, what it does is, and this is Ozempic. And what it does is, is it slows your digestion down. So the food sits in your stomach longer and it, your intestines hold the waste longer. So it stops and slows your digestion. People have gotten digestive paralysis using this medicine. And I can't cope with it long term, like, and it's full dosage. I take half a dose and break it up because it's a once a week thing. So every three to four days, I take half a dose. Because of surgery, because I, I can't have it five days prior and I won't take it so many days after, I took a full dose. The effects it's had on my body, the horrible nausea, the feeling like, and this is TMI, but the feeling of not going to the bathroom for like being a regular person, an everyday person to being every three to four days, like that's not okay. That's mm -hmm. not okay. And the effects of it and the pain that I receive and, and the struggles I have with it, 
the, the not wanting to eat because I'm feeling nauseous, but yet needing to eat because I'm starving. Like this process, and I can't, got really clear on this trip yesterday, as you do when you go to the ocean. Like, you know, I was like, this drug is not, no. I, I'm so done with it and I'm done with the effects that I have from it. And I'm done with the idea of manipulating my body's natural ability to do what it needs to do for the sake of lowering something. Now, I don't deny that my blood sugar needs to be stabilized because it causes more issues, but this is not the way. And I, and I was like really clear that once the surgery's over and I'm, and I'm talking to my doctor in December, we're, we need a different plan because I will not take this long term because the amount of struggle I have that's super ultra focused on my digestive system. That's why people lose weight in this because they don't eat anything. My body needs to heal after surgery. So that means if I take this drug, I'm not going to want to eat providing my body with its necessary things in order it has to heal what it needs to heal. I'm just not willing. That's why, you know, it, all of this came to a head yesterday. It was like, it was like understanding and hearing my physical body say things that I was unwilling to hear before. It was like all of a sudden I listened and I realized that I'm asking my physical body to do things that I would never ask of another person. Like I, I'm asking it to be in pain. I'm asking it to suffer. I'm not giving it what it needs. And 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 then the physical movement, I'm denying it because my brain is rejecting it because it can't do what it used to do. Like, I know this is a bit tangential, but this is this long, like, overview of, like, just the whole process of my relationship with my physical self and the idea of how it moves and what it does. Yeah. Well, it's an internal struggle that's not as as easy as the blanket statements that are thrown around about, like, well... Oh. I mean, I, 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 I'm tripping over the word unwilling because I'm just like, ugh, like what a beautiful word to shame everybody with. <laughs> like, like, I want to throw that definition right out the window because, um, yeah, the unwilling part of it is not as simple as like, well, I just don't want to do it. It's not that simple. There's all of this stuff that's going in there. And when we make these blanket statements like this, then we make a blanket statement to turn it around and we never get at the root of it. We never get at the, the real, the real shit that heals it, the real shit that makes it okay. Because to me, I'm like, okay, so what's the difference between being lazy and relaxing? Both of both times you're unwilling to do something hard, <laughs> right? Like, like in reality, yeah. You could be doing something else when you're relaxing, right? We use that word. We use the word lazy as a term to shame ourselves for not go going 24-7 on things or not going hard on things or not like holding ourselves to some sort of standard that doesn't take ourselves into consideration. And so then we, we slap the label of lazy. Well, if I can't do it this way, then I must be lazy. Uh, okay. Or I can just look at myself and be like, when I feel like I'm unwilling to do something, I can take the time to figure out what that, what the reason is, because I want to be willing to do stuff. And I may choose relaxation still, you know, like I still may choose not to do that thing, but I'm going to do it not with the shame. I'm going to do it with the understanding of what's going on with me so that I can allow myself to build something that makes me feel like I'm willing to do it. You know, and 
I mean, I tripped over that so hard. I was like, I can't, I can't, because it, it does all of the stuff that you're talking about. Multiple people who are listening to this, I'm sure, can relate on some sort of level of, you know, like, well, you should be doing it. I mean, I have clients all the time that we, we just had a conversation on Friday with somebody about going to the gym and being like, I fucking hate the gym and I don't want to go to the goddamn gym. And when I go there, I dissociate and I'm like, well, that's why you hate the gym, right? Like, if you've decided that this is your way of movement, we have we can't dissociate because your brain now knows that this is an unsafe place because you can't be here. You've got to escape reality. We have to put you in reality and have you like it. And I know that that sounds like a stretch, but we're going to have to figure that out if this is your chosen activity. And we're going to have to not do it with punishment. And we're going to have to figure out what makes you connect with your body positively at the gym. Yeah. You know, and this person was like, what? <laughs> like, impossible. And I was like, it is not impossible. We can totally do it. And by the end of session, we found something by the end of the session, he, you know, like he was like, Oh yeah, that, you know, I did do that before and I haven't done it this time. Or, you know what I mean? Like that, I did that for this reason. Like I tracked my progress for this reason, but if I see it this way, I can look at that progress and, and try to go at that progress for a different reason. And I was like, yes, man, like this is what we're talking about. It's like trying to figure out why you're doing stuff and shifting the narrative of why you're doing it and shifting the entire experience of doing it, trying new things so that you can feel attached to it in a different way. All of the, everything, everything that we are unwilling to do, I'm just gonna harp on that word and I'm gonna beat it to death. Everything that we are unwilling to do has a root cause reason. And most of the time it is because I'm trying to do something that I don't want to do. And there are lots of reasons why we don't want to do things, right? Like when we talk about cleaning for one, I freaking hate cleaning, but I also really don't like when things get out of control, right? So on the days where I don't feel willing to do it, I sit with the conversation of myself, you know, like, well, what's going on? Like, what do you think is overwhelming? You know, like what, 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 what's your deal today? Like, did you get, what happens with me? Sometimes I step on the floor and if I get dirt on my feet, cause I never wear shoes, I'm like, Oh God, like, and I throw myself into a tizzy about how dirty the floors are. Right. Like, and so I have to sit with like, well, why didn't you clean the floors? Like, what's going on right now? A lot of times I have reasons I'm doing this, that, and the other thing, and I'll clean the floors afterwards. You're not being lazy by not doing it right now. You know, like you haven't been lazy. There's been reasons why you've not done these things and it's okay. But once you start to bring that shame in there, now we add this whole other layer of expectation and trauma and it makes the task 10 times harder than it needs to be because there's all this emotional whirlwind swirling around it. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, how do we stop this, right? How, how do we get ourselves into a place where we don't have to feel like lazy is the opposite of motivated because that's what I can't stand is la lazy is not the opposite of motivated. Lazy is a word I hate. I don't even want it. I want the word gone. <laughs> I want it gone. I'm going to start a petition to get rid of it because we're not using it and, and nobody's using it ever positively. Never do you hear it. Right. And I, I don't like to talk in absolutes, but I don't, have a lot of people that say, ha, ha, I love being lazy. It's always like, I'm having a lazy day, which means I should have been doing something else. Yeah. And it's like, 
can you say that you're having a relaxing day because you've decided not to do something else because it's not that freaking important because it's a programmed activity that you've been believing that you have to do or else and now you've today decided that it's not a an or else <laughs> whatsoever because that's different you can enjoy that day have fun on that day but we don't do that we just like to use that word to browbeat ourselves into submission toward working or gaining or achieving or whatever and like with the with the with the body stuff i mean i get i get it like i it's as i listen to the story i i I'm, i get enraged you know like i'm just over here enraged there's nothing i can do about it because i i've not experienced that so i can only feel it like from what it feels like to be me and be like how could how could people do that because to me if i see somebody who i know is at the beginning of their health journey i literally <laughs> am like beaming love and energy at them like fucking awesome like i'm so proud of you for choosing you today you know what i mean like that's how where my heart is at so i'm like where are these people's freaking hearts at like do they have none like what is their deal do they remember what they were like because you didn't you weren't born swole like <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> you once were a person whether you were too skinny or too heavy or whatever you once were that person where's your freaking heart you know but i mean i digress because that's that's where my anger was of just all the people in your life who have invalidated your body piss me off and i am trying not to wish harm on them but i can't help but to hope that karma has done things <laughs> that we will never know about um, <laughs> because damn you know, like all of that kind of stuff. Like I, I received the, not the opposite, but I received such different messages about my body. So, I mean, I got some of them, you know, different, but I had such different messaging around my body that there was like a lot of positive, you know, that the, the negative stuff that came in was basically like, you're not being kind to your body when you do this, you know? And it was kind of like, this is good for you because it's good for your body. You know, like my parents would be, you know, they would never make us exercise, but they would be like, sports are good for you because you, it's good to get your energy out. Like, and, and they would go on with like the teamwork and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so I liked to move my body later on in life when I was playing sports, you know, at little bit of higher levels, I liked to go to the gym because I saw the effect of my strength on my sport. And I was like, oh, damn, like, I wonder what else my body can do. You know, like it, it was like the connectivity with what my body can do with the, the conditioning and the health benefits of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So like, I have like that, that experience that I come from of like, yeah, I mean, you, you know what it's like. And so you, you, you go do it and you find something to attach it to that makes you feel good. Right. Like, which is why until probably four years ago, I didn't know how to work out like just because it's good for you. I knew how to work out so that I'd be really good at sports or so that I would be really strong or so that, you know, like, um, you know, I could be, I could perform better. Now it really is about my health and it really is about, you know, longevity of my body parts and stuff. But that's what I did. I was able, because I don't have all that trauma around it, I was able to just kind of shift it and be like, okay, so you don't want to, right? Like you're you're in this idea that like, well, there's no reason to, 
why should I go to the gym? I'm not playing hockey, right? Like that was literally my, my conversation at first. And it was like, well, because you like need something because you're not playing hockey, you need something like that is, is, is body movement that you love. Let's find something that you do love. Let's get, let, let's, let's positively connect to the, the experience of working out. What did you love? And then this was all stuff I had to do. What did you love about working out? How did you get yourself to continue to work out? And it was like the resistance machines. I would count my reps and I would want to increase my reps. And then I'd want to increase my weight because I felt strong and I would watch my muscles move, right? Like when you get to the point where you start to see muscle definition, you can watch your muscle muscles move. I still do it now. I love mirrors at the gym. Gyms that have mirrors make me so happy because I'm like, look at my arms, right? Like I'm, I'm that guy or that girl in the gym, but not because I want to like show the world and be egotistical, but because I'm amazed that my body can be all the different ways that it's been in my life. Like it amazes me. The body is like a beautiful, amazing thing to me, but that attachment helps this be so much easier for me. I'm curious about my body. I'm curious about what it does. I'm curious about how it can be better. And on the days like yesterday, when I do not treat it very kindly, what happens the next day when I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like that's a curiosity thing more than a shame thing now, you know? And that's like, to me, a super gift that like, I, I feel so lucky to have. And I wish I could just in, like inject that into everybody. That's what I try to do in sessions, but it's, like knowing that the experience out there is so invalidating for people hurts my feelings because I'm like, this is not fair. Like this is not something that people should have to deal with when trying to improve anything about their lives. It's how I feel about people going to therapy and be, you know, being talked at about it. It's like, why the fuck? Like you're trying to make your life better. Why, why would it be something punishing? that's something that's so that's supposed to be so positive it annoys me yeah very much annoys me yeah and you know and it's funny because as you were saying that you know some of the things that you know okay because we are all social media people like we all have it most of us anyways mm -hmm. if you don't i applaud you because man it's not a place that's really always great it's a great kind place to be sometimes but sometimes you run across the places that are yucky but like you see all of these people like shaming, like no excuses and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, it takes away all of a person's experience when it comes to doing that. It's like, chances are the people that are yelling at you, no excuses have either, that's been their whole life. Like they've started young and that's what they do or they've had some issue that they've used exercise as a way to cope with their mental health, but yeah. yet there's no freaking hot mess who doesn't know how to handle any emotion. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I, one of my stepsons, Alex used to use it as a ways to cope with his and, you know, because it was, it was a good out. It was a safe outlet for him. And it was necessary for a while for him. And, you know, and people use it in different ways, but I really feel that when we step into having an awareness and we look back at our exposure and the way we were brought up, I mean, I was, there was, my mother didn't exercise. She obsessed about her weight, but do you think she exercised? No. 
which I don't know whether that's good or bad because then I don't obsess about exercise in an unhealthy way. Like I do food, but at the same time, it's like, that wasn't in our, wasn't in what we did. My, my, my families are all farmers. The way they exercise when they farm the land. So they didn't have the awareness of kids that aren't farmers. Like I didn't help. I mean, we helped my grandfather sometimes bale hay and, and do the cows and stuff, but we didn't do what my grandfather does. He, We didn't walk up and down between the barn and the house carrying like these pails of milk that were heavy. Like we didn't do that mm -hmm. as kids. So they don't have, I don't know that they had it. Like I, I can't see my grandparents having awareness to teach my mom and to teach like my uncles how to like how exercise is important. They just did it because that was their way of life, you know? Right. So mm -hmm. it doesn't, my mom wasn't in a space of going like the gym wasn't a thing back in the fifties and the sixties. Like, right. Right. <laughs> like it, it could have been for some, but it wasn't like it is now for us. So, so when we look at that and then we look at our relationship with it, it's, you know, I think we have to key into what is our motivating factor and what we want to do. Like, how do we want our relationship to look like? And what can we do with the information we have gotten so far? You know what I'm saying? Like, we have gotten these pieces of information. Like, I understand now. Now I have awareness around the dots that were connected about the fact that uh, the gym and exercise is unsafe and my brain has made it so. And any movement my brain rejects unless I've like, I'm exhausted and wiped at the end of it. And, and the fact that like, it's reject, it's coming from a space of rejection of my body. You all know, if you listen to any of the body reclamation series, um, when I, when, when I began and approached this process, I approached it from the perspective of, I don't want to punish my body for being the way that it is. I want to have acceptance and understanding of why it is the way that it is and how do I support it on its own journey to be healthier, not look different or be different, but how do I define what healthier means it's not always about weight loss it's about like for me it's about freedom of movement it's about being able to digest food properly it's about being stronger and feeling stable when i walk like walking on uneven surfaces like that could be terrifying to me sometimes because i'm unsure whether i'm strong enough to maintain the ability to do it and not fall so my from when i was younger prior to having this chronic illness it would have looked totally different. It was about being stronger. I was focused on my weight. I was focused on whatever. I didn't look at my body. I used it as a tool to work harder because that was what you did. That's the old mindset. And moving into the space, I wanted to come from a space of, hey, body, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just you're exhibiting effects of the ways that disease, my treatment, my brain's judgment, all the things, you're just a combination of effects of the events that have happened. And, and that like try to not come from a space of it's broken, but come from a space of, oh, it needs help. It needs my help to feel better. It's like recovery. You know, we have no problem doing that when we're talking about surgery, which is the same thing, except it's an acute issue, right? Like I had surgery and now I'm immobile, right? And so I have to like do some things in order to regain my mobility. Why can't it just be a recovery process, right? Like, okay, here's what happened to my body during this time. And this yeah. is how I'm going to recover from it.
it's not it's not not how it's approached <laughs> you know what i mean but like even when you think of it that way it's like that is such a <laughs> such a better approach like allow people to choose recovery from what their illnesses have done for them you know or or to their bodies because it's the, the reality being right like when we try to like there's so many ways that we gaslight ourselves right where we're like uh, even when you were saying like i'm not broken and i'm like i feel broken when i feel broken right but it's like that depth of that that statement right like of like i'm not eternally broken right like is what i really need to make sure i'm not saying right like because i can absolutely say you know like this bone is broken right that is the reality of what's happening but i don't need to like embody the brokenness right i can literally say listen shit got messed up like i see i'm definitely i'm here because things are messed up right? like, that's the reality of it not cool we're not in a cool place but i want to be in a better place so yeah. how do i bring myself to that what does that look like how to, redefining it is like sometimes a daily thing especially when you're doing it for the first time again you know like i had to re readjust my goals many times because i was like i don't even know what it looks like this way you know but i can't go ahead and punish myself because it doesn't look like it what it looked like before or what other people's thing look like it needs to be mine and yeah. i need to be able to like enjoy the process of it whatever that process is whether it's like a soup takes a super long time or i you know i i focus on one thing for way too long in somebody else's eyes but for me that's how i'm building trust in myself like yeah. dude it's 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 our own journey of recovering from what we feel like is not okay anymore yeah. you know and like we just we just suck at it in our society we're just really not good at the softness of what it takes to be an individual and to go on a journey that's hard yeah and yeah one of the things that came up when you were talking about the idea of broken like the, it clear like words are matter and we all know that words matter and we all talk about it all the time but it's like coming from the perspective of i am broken to i feel broken like it's like you're not broken but you feel broken because there's things that are not working right or working in a way that's like you know something's not okay like there's a difference because you know and, and so and that's even another layer of understanding like what are you saying to yourself? What are the words you're saying to yourself that you've convinced yourself of? What are the emotions, like the feelings that you've convinced yourself of? Like, you know, for example, like being unworthy of feeling good, like, and just, you know, it's like, I could hear my brain trying to like backtrack and be like, well, well, and I'm like, yeah, well, fucker. I'm like, just, it's like, I, I <laughs> just stop for a second. <laughs> We're, we're coming around. It's fine. <laughs> and, you know, when I talk about like, what do we do with all the information? So now, like, now that I have awareness over this next week, because I'd be doing a lot of physical healing, <laughs> I'll have some time on my hands. I will step into that space of really connecting with like, how can I take this information knowing that that's an unsafe space for me, that my brain uses my, my, my mind uses it as a way to bully myself and not and doing things. And how can I create a soft, effective, like safe space for me to explore what that means to me? You know, I, you know, I, I almost like, part of me is like, I've been debating on getting like, I, 
I don't do treadmills and ellipticals very well because of just the way my body works now that I have joint replacements. But when I had shoulder surgery, post after the physical therapy, I found that like the rowing machine was the ideal machine for me because it works so many parts of my body all at once. Mm-hmm. And it, and it like the, that I have a natural rhythm of that rowing. Like, like yeah. there's a naturalness that I have and I adore it so much. And so I'm like, you know, my brain wants to go oh, get this and you'll be fine. Like, but I understand where it's setting me up to fail. If I don't work on, I mean, how many pieces of exercise equipment have we all bought that has become our coat hangers or our clothes hangers in our bedrooms or in spaces that we never use it? I mean, I've done it. I've done it before. I bought treadmills and I bought other things that sit there and I never use them. So I understand is that before I do that, I need to get in touch with that relationship I have with the idea of moving my body every day of, you know, and also noticing when I do like in, in the littlest amounts and really kind of giving myself the validation and the, the idea of, see, you're moving your body. You're feeling good. This feels good. Like really highlighting and focusing on those moments that I do move my body that I do feel good. I mean, yesterday, having walked as much as I did, like there's pain. I am in post-event pain, but I'm also like, but I'm not in as much pain as I normally am. I'm like, and I can't take, I can't take any pain relievers like Aleve or ibuprofen because I'm prior to surgery. So I can't take any of that. So without, I would have, had I could have, but realizing that, okay, yes, I'm still hurting, but I'm hurting in a way that's like, oh, my body moved. And it is like, we moved and we haven't done this in a minute. So trying to also equate, you know, my brain wants to convince me like, hey, you don't want to move because it's just, you're just going to hurt after. You're going to have leg cramps and you're going to have this. So last night I knew that that was a possibility. So I chugged the propel, like the water with the propel packets because that helped replace things that I needed. I also was very dehydrated because I didn't drink water. That's another conversation, but, um, and I used my oils. I have an oil that prevents and actually helps me not have leg cramps, especially the inner thighs. Oh, they hurt so bad. And, you know, and so I prepared myself to be successful post event in a way that didn't make me not to want to do it again. Like, had I not done that and I had the effects of it, I'm not taking care of myself and not taking care of my body and what it needed. I would have been like, I'm never doing that again. That sucks. And I would have had fear or, you know, a, a conversation in my head about not doing that or that I can't do that because see what happens. We can't do it. Like it, yeah. it's like awareness around those things so that I can set myself up to succeed. And in those small spaces that I do have physical movement, showing that there is success in the smallest amounts of movement. Yeah. And it's not easy, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I work out a lot. I, I have for most of my life, you know, the, the periods of time where I haven't worked out are much shorter than, than the ones that I, that I have. And there are still days I, I posted about it. I went, I went at the wrong time of day the other day. And I was like, this workout sucks. Like, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to be here because I wasn't ready. It was too early in my day. I'm used to going at a certain time during the day. It's my power hour. It's when I'm ready to work out. And I went at a different time because that was the time I had and I didn't like it. And I, But I pushed through it because I was like, you're here. And you're going to do it. 
and you do know that you want the, the, the feeling and you know what I mean? It didn't feel the same way though. I will be honest with you. I felt the accomplishment. I was like, good for you. You did something hard today. You did something you did not want to do. And because you, you are committed to your health, you're committed to your body. You, you know, like the, the, the schedule that you made for the week, like you're not going to get another day. So you took advantage of whatever it was that you had and like, good for you. It's not always going to be great. There are days that even on a day where I'm freaking pumped, I get on, like, even if I'm at home, it happens more often because there's more distractions, but like, I'll get on the elliptical at home and five minutes in, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do it. And I feel like I have no consequence, right? When I'm at the gym, if I'm on the elliptical for five minutes, I have a subconscious knowledge that other people are around and I won't get off after five minutes because I feel like, like, it's like a, a good pressure, you know, like, I feel like, like, yeah, man, like you came here to like, collectively, we're here, five minutes isn't enough. Like, you know, that I will talk myself through that and be like, you're just in the weird moments, you're in the weird five minutes. For me, it's like eight, like seven or eight minutes of activity, I start to feel it, you know, but I had to do the work, honestly, to get on there and just be like, do we feel it yet? I feel okay yet. I used to do it when I was running. I had like a certain like 11 minutes. If I just push myself to 11 minutes, I know I'm going to start to fall into the rhythm. My breath is going to start to go this way. I'm going to, I'm going to get into that state. I'm sure there's some sort of word for it, some technical word for the state that you get into, but like it happens to me there. I wait, I wait for the, the, the moment, right? Like, and I just kind of wait for the moment. And then when I hit it, I'm like, yeah, there it is. And that, that helps me so much. What that just even saying it to myself, there it is, like you're there. And then it, it carries me through the rest of the workout. That's me. And I know that that's just me, but like, I feel like that's, that's part of it is like the knowledge. You're not going to freaking skip to it every day. You know, like there are days where you do it because you committed to it. And that's the, that you're just holding yourself accountable and it's not going to be the greatest workout of your life, but you did it. You know what I mean? Like, just like anything else, you go to work and you're like, this is not going to be my most productive day. I'm going to go do it because I'm supposed to, like, I, I don't want to get fired. Right. Like you, you just, you just do it. There's going to be days that are like that, but you know, part of the decoding laziness though, is, you know, like, why, why don't I feel that way? Me the other day, I was like, what's wrong with me? It's not the, it's not the right time of day. Like you're going at a day, a time that you never go at. You haven't settled into your day yet. So yeah. you not wanting to do it, isn't you being lazy or isn't you falling off routine or isn't you like, it's none of those things. It's because this is not your power hour. <laughs> You can't at 9.30 in the morning, you are not ready. You're not primed. It is not your best workout space. So don't do it. But I think like, you know, we've talked like basically the whole time about, you know, our bodies and that laziness part of it. Um, but the underlying that we, that, you know, we keep coming back to is like looking at the reasons for why you feel like using that word. You know, like I've definitely, aside from, you know, working out in life, I've used it for, for things I felt like I was supposed to do and didn't want to do. And it would, I would start to shame myself, you know, okay. uh, like I, when you have an ADHD brain, there are thousands of things that you can think of to do thousands. I have 53,000 hobby, hobbies. Everybody knows this. My closet is full of hobby stuff, things that I've done three times 
you know, but I'm going to do them again. They're going to come back around in the cycle. So I have all the stuff, right? I'm so used to movement. That lack of movement makes me feel like I'm not doing something that I should be doing. I get lost in the production cycle, you know, of like, it is not productive to do nothing. It is not productive to sit on the couch and watch movies today. It is not productive to just go off into the woods when you have other things you're supposed to do, right? Like your house isn't clean, you know, you're just being lazy now. You wanna go do something that's fun, but you haven't done the thing you're supposed to do. And it's like, oh my God, like, no, there's a reason why, you know, and a lot of times it's because I've allowed myself to not make a big deal out of this stuff, you know? Yeah, not, nothing, nothing helps you cure your, like manicured home, like having a toddler run around destroying it multiple times a day before you're like, hey, guess what? You're gonna have to get okay with some like chaos in your eyeballs a little bit or else you're gonna be crazy. And if you wanna be crazy, you can be crazy or you can choose not to be crazy and loosen up a little bit, like loosen up your reasoning. But all of that is a deep dive. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like this is so important that now I have to shame myself for not doing it? And whose messaging was that? Is that my internal messaging? Because then maybe I do want to dig a little bit into like why so that I can find the motivation because I know that I just got sidetracked by some outside stuff and lost myself, right? Because that could happen. I lost myself and that's why I'm not doing it. I, I'm, I, I let all this other stuff be more important than me and that's why I didn't do it. But, you know, most of the time, I'll say a high percentage of the time, I'm operating on somebody else's schedule or somebody else's programming or somebody else's expectation and it's kind of like okay but what do i want for my own life how does this fit in for me what what is going to balance me today because i'm the only one i need to worry about today i mean yeah. aside from my kid but like i'm the, you know i don't need to worry about what other people think you know about my closet or whatever like this <laughs> fuck off you know what I mean? Like if I ask you to live here in my closet, then you can we can talk about how much you don't like the disorganization or the amount of things that are in there. It's not disorganized, but the amount of things that are in there. You know, like the 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 core of what we're talking about really is finding your root. Everything that we talk about is finding the root, but we but a lot of people don't know how to do it. And it is it can be a different process for each thing that we're trying to find the root of. But I mean, in this case, when it comes to laziness, I mean, a thousand percent, we're, we're operating on somebody else's messaging. And so we just need to know who that inner critic is and then go through the healing process of that so that that person no longer has that much pull and no longer has that much control over how we feel about driving our lives. Because, yeah. you know, like I have, I have a friend who the other day, <laughs> We we're on the phone. <laughs> He's like, you've like done seven things and I've walked my dog. Like, <laughs> you know, you're making yogurt. You've been to the store. You're like doing all this stuff. <laughs> I have not done any of those things. Like, you know, he started, it started to get into that laziness thing. And I was like, you're doing what you want to do. Like I'm high strung sometimes. Like I, give my and that's what i said i said i try to jam as many things into my day as possible and that's like sometimes a problem that but that's who i am that doesn't mean that you have to be that way like you're way more laid back than i am 
like it, you teach me how to be like how to how to chill out and stop being so crazy sometimes because i like i don't have that as much as i'd like to have it but you got to know yourself you want to take a leisurely walk don't take that away from yourself because you see me running around doing 53 things like yeah. don't do that to yourself don't invalidate the things that you're doing because you enjoy them build your life around it you know like literally you want a life with a lot more leisure figure out how to make your life with a lot more leisure i bet you can somebody out there did it yep you can and, do it too you know and don't and i think too this begs the conversation of don't use someone else as your measuring stick yeah 100 percent like don't use that measurement of what others do or others achieve to what you're doing to label yourself as successful or unsuccessful, lazy or not. Like, Amen. and you know, and it's, it's the weight of that shame. I think, you know, when you're saying about the words that we use and about how we use it, it's like, and even when we're talking to friends, like I find myself often before, like my human design rest is key. Like, I need more rest than most people like, or people of my type need more rest than most people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and even when I had days where I allowed myself to rest, I would say, yeah, you know, I just allowed myself to do nothing and I didn't bully myself into doing things. Well, I'm already defensive about the fact that I took a day to rest and I need to justify myself. Like there's always, I'm already showing the battle of me resting and that's not really resting. That's not really giving myself permission. That's telling me my brain to shut the fuck up and I'm just doing this. But yeah, to have a secret, unless we have to, Unless we have to defend ourselves. Yeah. Let's make it's it. It's like, I can't just say, yeah, no, I relaxed all day yesterday. It was really nice. Like yeah. there's this culture that has been created around that idea and around that, you know, that hustle culture. Like we always talk about how much we hate mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. whether, you know, I mean, and I think this goes for anyone, whether you're, you know, a person who's looking to move more, whether you're a mom and you think that you have to be a certain type of mom and people are telling you you're a horrible one because you're not doing all the things. Like I had a friend recently that met a new mom and she told her, like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. You just have a baby. Like, yeah. How are you supposed to do all this while trying to keep a child alive? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's it's like this culture we've that we have to tell people they're doing things wrong like how to like the words and i notice it more and more even the people that i love to follow because their content is amazing their wordage sucks balls like yeah sorry <laughs> but <That's> super accurate <laughs> no, it does because they're using the the shame and the blame language in order like how to get rid of or how to like like, like the rejection of yourself in your life in order to be like, I don't want this. I need to reject it rather than saying, you know, and maybe, maybe that's why my fucking social media game is not great, but I refuse to use that language because I refuse to make people think that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. They're evoking emotion. It's a, it's a psychological tactic that, you know, is, is a marketing thing forever. You get, you, get, you get into somebody's emotions and it's, it's across the board, right? Cause you can put a tearjerker thing up there and you're getting at some of these emotions, but you gotta be, you gotta use the tearjerker words because otherwise people don't feel the feelings because we're so programmed to put an emotion to that word, right? We, we are programmed that the word devastating means a thing, right? Like you hear the word devastating. You're like, holy shit. 
right? Like it's different than like depressing, right? Like what's okay. Well, it's depressing. Yeah. It's not devastating, right? And so people will use the word devastating completely inaccurately <laughs> because they're trying to get that emotion and we follow, right? Because we are, we are so programmed. Like, and this is where I, every now and then I have to rein myself back in because I lose it. I lose it where I'm just like, we have really messed up the human experience. We have just really messed it up. We created a language and we've ruined our lives with it. Like, how do we come back from this? We can't, you know, like I get all freaked out because yeah, we are programmed from birth. Some of these words that are important that are really not because they are all made up. They are made up words, and then somebody said it meant this, and then we all, and then it, they spread the word. Now we all believe it, and we just run through our lives with it, and we forget to use our own inner compass. We just yeah. follow, and I, yeah, I, I, I hundred percent agree because I feel, I feel that way, and I don't like to feel that way, but I'm obvious. Then I, then I say to myself, "Well, you're freaking watching it." <laughs> <laughs> it's still working on you girl because <laughs> here you are loving your you know what i mean like because you can't help it we communicate by words it's how our brains are 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 we just have to be conscious right like to not let it come in and become our internal struggle right like and just be like i hear the freaking words i get it i'm gonna read between the lines i'm not gonna use the i'm not gonna let the psychology of it put my high emotion and i'm gonna you know like i tell my clients i'm like we put up the shield right we let the information in we keep the emotion out usually i'm talking about that when we're talking about arguments right like somebody's like you know whatever like keep the keep the emotion out right like that they're angry or that there's they're using you statements like keep that out there and just try to filter what information you're hearing right so if somebody comes at you and is like you are whatever like what is the information they're trying to get to you right like i feel invalidated right like that's the information that you're trying to tell me so i'm going to use the information and not use the emotion or not use the words right so you're going to throw devastating at me I'm going to look at you. I'm going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to put my shield up and I'm going to say, what, why would you use the word devastating? Cause you want me to know the depth of your pain, right? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to talk to you about the depth of your pain. I'm going to ignore all of the whole like explosion part of it. And we're just, I'm just going to get to that super hard to do because we're not, we're trained to do the exact opposite. We're trained to get hyped up with everybody getting hyped up, but it really helps us be able to, rewrite the way that we believe about things so that we can have our own inner compass right yep. like of what we want to do how we want to do things and not be measuring it up against something that somebody else made up right like we talk about this laziness thing and this hustle culture and i'm just like remember when people didn't do anything <laughs> like do we call them lazy like are yep. we call, are we calling are we calling natives lazy because they weren't, they got shit done when it was time to get shit done, but they were also smart enough to know when it was not time to do shit, you enjoy your fucking life. You know what I mean? Like you enjoy the people, you enjoy your community, you, you, you commune, you know what I mean? Like you, that's the, that's the purpose of your life. You get shit done when it's time. You, you hunt when it's time. You, you know what I mean? Like you do things when it's time, but it's not always time. And that's the when we go back into that like that's what that's we we're now programmed to believe that it's always time and you always should be doing something and whatever 
your 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 focus is more on what others have deemed the way to it rather than your own internal flow. It's oh. like they like they worked with the seasons. They worked. They had understanding of knowing when it was time to do things. We've lost that instinctual product part of it because we We've been industrialized. This is yeah. all. I mean, this really is all conspiracy theory. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so that we'll be great workers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. So, oh, friends, I. You know, this was supposed to be really a podcast that was super like light, not light, but like yeah, super simple. And I don't know why we ever think we can do anything on a really simple level. We take things to a depth that is beyond. But I think that that's why we do what we do. And that's why I think we're so effective is that we take it to levels where nobody wants to take it. And I absolutely am here for sharing all of this experience, whether it's sharing my experience or sharing things that I've learned, the knowledge. I mean, Vanessa brings a wealth of knowledge about her own experience and her, because we're vastly, we have vastly different experiences. So it's, I hope that from this podcast, you've begun to think about your relationships with the things you are challenged with. It doesn't have to be physical body movement. It could be something else. It could be food. It could be, you know, maybe you're, like uh, you want to do less screen time because you're finding it sucking up a lot of your time and you're not allowing yourself to be creative. Like this conversation that we're having applies to so many areas of our life. So even if you're not in the physical movement challenged category or, you know, see where you're stuck and you feel like you want to make changes, but you're not able to like use these ideas and concepts that we've kind of talked about and how to dive and understand the root, as Vanessa says all the time, finding that root behind why these cycles and these things happen in your life and help you connect the dots so you can have awareness in order to lead you the steps to start working on it and healing that so that you can find freedom and create whatever it is you're trying to create, whether it's actual art, physical movement, eating better, or eating that's more in connect with what your body needs, whether it's work or finding a job that really fulfills you, whatever it is you're looking at, this applies to all of it. So whew, as always, if you have questions or need us, you know where to find us. Again, remember, mark your calendars, October 13th, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's a Facebook Live event. Please mark your calendars and join us. We hope that you will come and, and just kind of dive into a new place to learn how to embrace ourselves even more. Yeah. So have a great week ahead. Hopefully we'll see you next week, but no guarantees. But yes. we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Love you. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com 
or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.